Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the most on point, on track, definitely answering every question exactly as you want it answered podcast in the history of podcasting, speaking of which... I have with me the greatest co-host in the history of podcasting that always answers exactly like everyone asks him to and only stays on track with their agenda and never interjects his own. It's Mr. Everett Farnell. You know, Steve, I was just thinking about something the other day that if you really think about how amazing and how intelligent the conversation is on this podcast, the other podcasters in the world are really impressed with the size of the brains and and uh, the intelligence that goes into this podcast. They really think that you and I, that the hosts of this podcast, that Farnell and that Cypress are just amazing, amazing podcasters. Well, and, and on top of that for eight years before this the other podcast just you know they weren't as good they were lame they had bad topics they had bad advice and so now i've came in and thanks to my policies which i could name for the next half an hour before i even answer your question this podcast is fantastic that's the fact is that the bottom line is that we have really truly made podcasting great again <laughs> and in two years, there's no way we can lose to have to do our podcast for four more years. That's how good it is. No one's well, even going to contest. In fact, I've seen, I've seen all the competition, and I'm not impressed. None of them can compete with podcasters us. is lower today than it has been in the history of podcasting. And some of the podcast critics that are out there are only in business because of us. They're Absolutely. even going well, to that's... endorse our podcast, even though they hate it, because they need our podcast so they can stay in business. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and of course, dear listener, all we're doing is having a lot of fun alluding to just a few days ago, depending on when you listen to this, Donald Trump held his first press conference in over a year, or about a year, or something, they said. And Donald Trump was in pure Donald Trump land for like an hour and 20 minutes of being Donald Trump, being his, bre his best press secretary he could be. And what I found remarkable, although it's really just commonplace in the world of Donald Trump, is that no matter what question was asked, and every reporter basically was getting up to attempt a gotcha question, I got you with this one, and how are you going to answer this one? You're going to reveal yourself to whatever with this one. And yet he, every time, showed, I'm not taking your bait. I'm in total control. I'm going to answer the way I want. And even when they asked him some pointed thing about something with the economy, he went off for five minutes first about how great the economy and how great everything he's doing, which of course was not the question. And then he would say, so that's it and end. And the questioner had to be strong enough to go, wait, I'm not done. You didn't answer my question. Otherwise, they would just sit down and he goes on to the next one. He was in total control. 
And I'd say for the hour and 20 minutes, he said exactly what he wanted to say according to his agenda and nothing to do with any reported questions for at least an hour and 18 minutes of it. It was an amazing tour de force of Donald Trump being in total control and all I can think about is the lesson learned from Donald Trump this week for small business owners is that's how you have to be every time you're on a sales call. You cannot be derailed by the questions, objections, whatever somebody wants to ask. You've got to stay on track with what you want to say. That's exactly right. And more than anywhere else, you need to stay on track with what you want to say while you are in the sales presentation. So while you're giving a pitch, while you're giving a presentation to somebody, you have absolutely, you can't allow that person to throw you off track. You can't allow that person to throw you off track with a question or with a, an objection or with idle chatter. As a matter of fact, the truth is most objections are not really objections at all. They're just complaints. They're just right. minor bitches that if you if you ignore, they just go away oftentimes. Right, because I mean, lots of time it's just because I think I ought to say something and not just easily say yes here. I ought to come up with something to say. Yeah, I ought to have something. That's I what they call a, what, we, what I call it's a false objection. Down. They're just saying something. Yeah, and if you just smile and say, okay, we'll talk about that in a second, and then get back to your presentation, it never comes up again. And they sign, right? Now, if it comes up again, then you got to deal with it. No problem. You address it. But, right. But, you but saw, if you saw the press conference, or you get a transcript or you see a video of it, that's what you'll see. That's what Trump did is he would not answer the question and the woman would say, hang on, hang on. He'd go, you know, next he'd point to somebody and she'd yell out and go, wait, wait, wait. You didn't answer my question. Five more minutes of whatever that he wants to say on whatever topic he wants to talk about. Then he points to somebody else. And for the third, that's the only one that did it twice. She had to stay up, yell and go, wait, wait, wait. You still haven't answered my question. And finally, he was like, yeah, I did what? What's the question? And finally, he actually addressed the question, although, of course, he only answered it and still said only what he wanted to say. But that was the only one time in the whole thing that a reporter took enough control and to get him to actually answer the question the person asked. And what we're suggesting is it's the same on a sales call. It's going to be very rare that the prospect actually is that strong and insists, but wait a minute, after your whole whatever you want to say in response to their objection is really going to say, but wait, you didn't answer my objection. That's rarely, if ever, going to happen. The reason it happened yesterday, like I said, this is a trained journalist, professional questioner of authority, and even she was the only one in that whole group of 100 trained professional questioners to do it right. It's not likely you're ever going to have a prospect do that. So don't feel you have to, uh uh-oh, that's a tough question. We really are weak in that area. I better just say, yeah, you're right, we're weak in that area. No! It's the old-style sales presentation where where you'd say, okay, other than that, Mr. and Mrs. Prospect, is there any other reason why you wouldn't want to move ahead to get it? And then you make a list of all the objections, and then you check off the objections one by one, and then you say, okay, so since there's no reason for not to move ahead, well, that simply doesn't work, right? I mean, there was a time when maybe that worked because people would tell you the truth, the communication was a little more frank, but that's... And of course, now, maybe the listeners are even laughing as I am because, of course, still sales training still to this day includes that strategy, which, of course, doesn't work. But the problem is, is that there's too many salespeople get too sidetracked with trying to overcome objections that are not really objections. So if it's an objection, then you have to address it. No problem. But if it's a complaint or a stall, some people just want to slow things down. Oh my God, I wa- I'm wanting this too much. I'm agreeing with this salesman too much. That's right. They too don't fast. want to seem I, I like too easy a buyer. A they think it makes I, them seem weak. 
I used to tell people, you've got to understand, the reason I put a shock and awe package together for the roofing business, and then I explained to my office, this you have to send this out before the salesperson gets there. It has to be there at least 24 hours, and the salesperson is because, the reason I explained to him is because emotionally, this shock and awe package is the first visit. Now, intellectually, the person knows that nobody's been here before, that the first visit is when the salesperson comes by. But emotionally, they feel like they've gotten the first visit because they've sat down and they've gone through the shock package. So on an emotional level, salesman is now for the second visit. And that's how we overcame the, I got to sleep on it answer. Because you don't have to sleep on it anymore. You're not being a sucker. You're not being a fool. You've already had a first visit, emotionally speaking. This is the follow-up visit that you're sitting in front of now, and it's okay to sign the contract on the follow-up visit. So right. just understand. You've already slept on exactly. most of the information you're going to hear. Understand people want to slow things down. They don't want to look like a, they've been told all their life that if they sign on the first thing or if they let somebody convince them to do whatever, then they're a sucker or they're this or they're an idiot or they're a fool. So assuming that you have a qualified prospect who has interest and a need for your product, then most of the objections you get from that person are not true objections. They're just a way of slowing things down. So ignore them, just like Trump did. Don't answer the question. Go on and say, just smile and go on and talk about what you need to talk about and take them down the path of agreement. And you'll smoke out an objection or two, but the five or six or seven that they fed you during the sales process, they're bullshit. Don't pay any attention to them. Only smoke out the one or two real objections and then elegantly deal with them and you'll start closing more sales. And that, dear listener, is this week's lesson learned from Donald Trump. And ever a few minutes ago, you almost got into, I know you caught yourself and you stopped short, you almost got into the advanced tip of the week. We just make the listener, as we do every week, as you know, dear listener, to jump through one tiny little insignificant hoop. You just go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com, and that's where you get the advanced tip of the week. So we save that for people that care enough about themselves, their business, their family, their future, to jump through a minor hoop of typing a few letters into a browser, go Going to a website where you can get the advanced tip of the week. So we hope you do that, and we we'll hope you'll be back here next week for another lesson learned from Donald Trump. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com and join us next time. Unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.